Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Guys, remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Malia White, real-life bosun and cast member on Bravo's Below Deck Med. Working in my industry can be very interesting. These are my stories. As you'll find out, my world is a total ship show. Uh, guys, we've been getting a lot of questions, fan questions, about the actual realities of yachting. Um, because it's a little different than what you see on TV or what you think of. So I'm going to kind of ask Malia the questions, and we're going to hear about what happens you know, when, when they've taken off from port, they're going overseas and what is it like to actually be working on the yacht? Yeah. Like actual daily life, um, below deck, shall we say? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So I think one question that we get asked all the time is when you're on the boat, like what are the living situations like? Like what is the rooming? Um, I can only answer it based on the cabins that I've seen and boats I've been on and boats I've visited. But Um, there are standards that all cabins have to, um, kind of be up to. So there is like a standard of living for boats, meaning like they have to be clean, live up to health and safety, kind of, uh, they are quite small on most boats. You'll get pretty small cabins and there's usually two people, at least two people to a cabin, um, unless you're a higher ranking crew member. So a captain or a chief engineer, chief officer might have their own cabin or chief stew sometimes. Um, but other than that, you're usually sharing. So for example, on my boat currently, Katie and I share a cabin. Um, we keep it very clean. (laughs) Um, I think for girls, a lot of girls ask, but like, what about closets and stuff? As a yachty, you get really good at packing um, and minimizing the amount of stuff you bring because you don't have a lot of closet space. But when you're working, you're usually just wearing uniform anyways. I can vouch for that because Malia's staying with me right now and she's always leaving the place more organized than when she came (laughs) and can't handle my chaos when she's here. So it's, it is kind of interesting. I mean, even watching Malia and Katie like pack their bags, I'm like, man, you guys are efficient. Like they get it done so quick. It's so organized. Like we have to, like most of our stuff stays in packing bags. So like my swimsuits were like going out clothes. They'll stay in like a packing bag until I can actually go out or go swimming, (laughs) which isn't often. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's what cabin life is like. Every cabin has its ba- own bathroom, so you're not sharing with like the whole crew. But and again, this is on my vessel. I I do know that there's vessels where like four crew members are sharing one bathroom, or tons of crew are sharing. I was on, when I first was in the industry. I worked on a boat where we only had one bathroom for the crew, and that was 
that was not great. <laughs> I, so do you guys ever have, is it ever like stalls, like an, a bathroom that has a couple of showers or a couple of stalls for crew? Or what is the bathroom layout actually like? No, for the most part, it's just a really small bathroom. Um, some are like, what are they called when like you have the shower and the toilet? Like in one, oh, I- uh, like a wet bathroom. Some are wet bathrooms. Um, ours technically isn't a wet bathroom, but it's it's pretty grim, like pretty grim <laughs> sometimes because you have to like shower and then immediately get changed. You know, when you're like still wet and you're like in a confined space and the moisture. Um, so yeah, you're not going to, you can't really be a diva about things. You got to just get in and get it done. Everyone do a little prayer for Katie for having to share a bathroom with Malia because I know how that can be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, cabin life, you know, it's just like if you've ever had a roommate except extremely small quarters. So you hope that you get along with your roommate. You hope that they have good sleeping patterns. And when you're most of the time you're on opposite shifts or something. So you're in and out. You're like two ships passing in the night. You got to be really quiet. For example, like sometimes I'll get up, you know, in the middle of the night for watch and Katie has just stayed up all that time, you know, with the guests to like 5 a.m. But I'm getting up at 5 a.m. So we got to be like really careful not to wake each other up. So in your actual room, do you and Katie like share a bed? Is it a bunk bed? Like what is the, is it like a dorm layout? What's that like? It's definitely, it's a bunk bed. We don't share a bed, but they are little ones. And Katie has the better bed. She's got the bottom bunk. I've got the top bunk. Um, And we do have a porthole, which means we've got like a little window type deal. Um, But we got little curtains. So each bunk has a curtain. You can close the curtain so you don't have to see a roommate if you don't want to. <laughs> That's nice. And then I think I've heard you tell me before that since you're on the top bunk, you have control of the of the little porthole. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I can leave the curtain open so that I can wake up to natural light and that you know, Katie can sleep with an eye mask. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, that's really nice. So is it like in in terms of the rooming arrangements, like, is it usually all like, do they try to pair like, you know, females with females or that sort of thing? Or like do couples room together ever? Like what's that situation like? So that all depends on the boat and the management company. And just, you know, if you're private, if you're charter, if there's a lot of different um, reasonings behind this, but for the majority that you try to have same sex cabins. Um, if you're a couple, you might be able to share a cabin. Uh, and if you're not a couple, you might share, you know, you might be in a mixed cabin, but that has to be like, for example, on my boat with our management company and how it works, we'd have to get permission to have a guy and a girl share a cabin. If they're not, even if they're in a relationship, we'd have to get permission. <clears throat> And is that, does that differ based on um, like where the boats are based out of or anything like that? Or is it pretty much standard across the yachting industry? Well, no. So it, it depends on who your management company is and what kind of vessel you're running. So if you're private versus like an ISM boat, you'll have different regulations, mm-hmm. which that's like a whole nother bag of worms, which, you know, in the, in the season of below deck where like Hannah and I got into it about the rooms or whatever, it, it's because there's a lot more goes into it than a lot of people know. A lot of even crew are just like, Oh, well, why don't you share with this person? And it's like, well, sometimes you can't, or sometimes, you know, for other reasons, this has to happen, but yeah. Okay. So I know one thing that we see on below deck all the time is, um, 
order, like the ordering of the food and who, who manages all of that, like ordering of the food or even like toiletries. Like, do you guys bring your own toiletries on or is that like, I'm just curious about kind of the logistics of that. Yeah. So cool part about yachting is so toiletries are provided, but again, they're not going to be like top line, your big brand, you know, sometimes maybe, but um, the chief stew or maybe head of house, whoever it's delegated to will order toiletries um, and crew get your basics. So you get shampoo, conditioner, body wash, you know, a face wash, deodorant, razors, um, which again is like what if you're young and thinking of getting into yachting, like so many expenses are covered that it's, yeah, you work your ass off and you're away from home, but you have little expenses because toiletries get covered. Um, as, and then, but you know, of course, like when you're traveling these different parts of the world, sometimes you just want to get your own like nice body wash and stuff. So that's definitely a splurge that happens. Um, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Food, same thing. So your chief stew and chef will work together to figure out what provisions um, we need. And by provisions, we mean groceries, basically. Um, So if you have any dietary restrictions, like... For example, Katie's gluten-free or if someone doesn't drink milk or someone's a vegetarian, like the chief stew, that's a really big part of their job is figuring out, you know, how do we keep all the crew happy and get all the right snacks and how much of those snacks, where to get them. Um, So, yeah, don't think that you can't get into yachting because you've got like crazy dietary restrictions or an allergy or something like that. Um, Plenty of boats uh, will accommodate. And, you know, I usually find like most of my favorite snacks or, you know, like you got to get used to not being in like, for for example, the United States, you're not always going to get the same snacks because the United States is the snack haven. (laughs) But, um, yeah, we try to have like a well-rounded diet. And then when it comes to actual meals, um, so the chefs are, on my boat at least, chefs are responsible for two meals a day, which is lunch and dinner. Um, so we take care of our own breakfast. And again, there's tons of like granola, cereal, yogurts, fresh fruit, eggs, like all that in the crew mess. Um, so you can fix yourself a breakfast depending on how much time you have. And then the chefs are responsible for lunch and dinner. And they'll always do like a protein, a salad, Um, and like some delicious side and the chefs try to switch it up quite a bit, you know, so you're not always eating the same thing or they'll try to, 
Um, like sometimes just make it really plain so you can build on to it. But I'd say we eat really well. Yeah. Well, I will say too, I mean, the second that you get back, the first thing we usually do is go to the grocery store and just stock up on American <laughs> snacks. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think that's from in my position anyway, because I don't usually get to go provision. I don't get to go provisioning. I get to carry everything on. <laughs> um, I don't get to go to the grocery store very often. So like when I come home, I love going to the grocery store because I'm like, Oh, snacks. I can get what I want. And that's not because we don't get like what we want or like we're not well fed. It's just a novelty that you kind of miss Mm -hmm. doing like stews and chefs and sous chefs and stuff. They all get to go to the grocery store, decorate out. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and do you guys do like, I guess another question would be, do you guys eat these meals together or are they like prepared and you just kind of pick up your lunch when you're ready for your lunch type of situation? Okay. So that kind of depends on the time of year. So during charter season, food gets served at the same time every day. So lunch is at noon, dinner is at five or six, depending. And uh, yeah, if you're working and you can get there, like for me, I'll rotate my deck crew so they can all eat and we during that time. Obviously, if we're slammed or you're down during that time, someone will plate your meal and they'll leave it in the fridge or in like a hot plate for you. So you can have it later. Okay. So I guess another question that Malia definitely gets a lot in terms of chartering is like, what is that schedule like? What's the reality of it? Like how many hours a day are you guys working? Because it sounds to me like it's a lot. (laughs) Every hour, every hour. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um, But yeah, realistically, so when people watch Below Deck, they're like, oh, wow, like that looks like a lot of fun. You're not seeing the whole story. You're seeing a three-day charter. Um, Our charters are usually at least seven days, seven to 10 days. Uh, They can be weeks. They can be three weeks, four weeks. We had a four-week charter this summer. Um, And yeah, you're working 12 hours at least, and then you get a four-hour break, and then you work a couple more hours. Like it, it's, you're working lots. Yeah. And you got to have that, you know, that stamina to know that like, you're, you're not always going to get off when you think you're going to get off. Like you might have to keep going, you might have to push through. And then, you know, now that I'm an officer, I have watch hours. So like I have hours I have to be in the bridge. So I have to get a certain amount of rest, but then I might be getting up in the middle of the night. So I might wake up at 4am to do a four hour watch. And then I have to make myself sleep because I got to get up again at 4am and do a four hour watch. So it's very regimented in a sense, like for officers or for people that have to be in the bridge. And then for the rest of the crew, like Katie could pull an 18 hour day and get like, you know, six hours of sleep and then get up. And like, she has to be right back on her game. Like the stews I feel for a lot because they, or and and deck crew as well, people that don't have such a regimented schedule because you've you just kind of got to keep going, you know, especially the the late night stew because you you know the guests could want cocktails till six a.m. and someone's got to be awake, someone's got to be serving them. Where deck crew have more of a schedule, they've got to get down, they got to get their rest, and they got to get up like be up through the night. But there's always someone up. There's always a crew member awake. So a question on that is like when you guys start a charter, do you have the schedule for that week already or do you guys have to kind of wing it every single day? Like how do you know what your responsible hours are? 
Yeah. So your officers make the schedule or your chief stew makes the schedule or your chief engineer makes the schedule. So, and that, and that's another good point is engineers as well. Like there's usually always a deck crew member and an engineer awake and then a stew will stay awake until the last guest goes down. So your schedule does kind of shift a bit, but you have like late people, early people, um, and it's your head of department's responsibility to kind of make those schedules before the trip. So um, when you guys are doing a crossing, that's another question that I feel like we get all the time is, does everyone do the crossing? Like, what is that like? Okay, I get this question a lot. Like, who's on the boat when it crosses the Atlantic? And the simple answer is it's not a fully crewed boat because we don't need all of our crew. So a lot of people get to take the crossing off. It also depends on what position you are. So we have to have safe manning, which means we have to have a number of the correct number of people with tickets on board. So you need a certain amount of engineers, certain amount of officers, um, certain amount of people that hold watch keeping or enough people to still operate like the rescue tender or to carry out a fire um, drill. Um, but yeah, you, you're not going to go fully loaded on a crossing. There's no guests on a crossing. Usually we get that question a lot as well. It's not the most, it can be it, to me, the crossings are the best time because you have no guests. And that's truly when you're like in the bridge sailing, looking out at the ocean. And that to me feels like real, like seamanship, but no, usually we're down a couple crew. Um, if you're a green crew member, if you're new to yachting, you're probably going to do the crossing because <laughs> other crew want that time off because that's an easy like two weeks you get off. Um, but to me, that's if you haven't done a crossing and you're getting into yachting, that to me is one of the best experiences. I love doing the crossings. Yeah, it seems like it would be kind of peaceful during that time compared to oh. what you're used to <laughs> you see dolphins and whales and like you're you know like for people who've just spent all this time getting your tickets it's that you know you get to chart you get to plot you get to look at the weather like you're truly using all the knowledge that you've just gained and the not that we're not using that on short little charter trips but when you're doing a crossing it just feels more like true seamanship and I think like people who are maybe in like the oil industry or other industries like they understand this because they're always doing these crossings and yachting is kind of a novelty you do crossings only at the beginning or end of a season and and honestly to well I guess to break up that or not break up that question but add on to it what season <clears throat> what times of year do you guys spend in what parts of the world uh yeah so the, typically well boats keep in mind that yachts are all over the world there's not really just one area for yachting, but there are what we call like the milk runs. You've got the Caribbean and you've got the med and those are two big hotspots. So like this time of year, so it's April, um, boats will be heading to the med. <laughs> I'm trying to think right now. So our boats in France and a shipyard. And when we're done, we'll stay in the med for this season. Um, but yeah, usually we cross back and forth. I can't answer that question. My brain's not working. <laughs> well, from my understanding, you guys spend like the summer months in the med, in the med. and then the winter months a lot of times in down the in the Caribbean. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, one other question before we wrap up is, you know, what benefits do you have as a seaman? Like I remember one day we were traveling together and you had to check a bag and it was going to cost a bunch. And you were like, I think it's free for seamen. Like that's one other question that, that I think that, uh, that I have for sure. 
Um, yeah, I think a cool thing is, is you get what's called a Siemens discharge book, which, yeah, um, the name's not great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, so when you're traveling for work for your boat, you're traveling on a Siemens ticket. So a lot of the times when you travel through like a travel agency, they'll book you on as a seafarer. So you can get two check bags for free um, and things like that. And like during, we also have to have what are called boat papers. Your boat writes a letter that says, you know, like, yes, Malia, you know, passport number so-and-so position so-and-so on the yacht is traveling to France to meet her boat, which is in the port of blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's like having a visa or, you know, but for a lot of Americans that aren't in yachting or they haven't traveled this way before, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Like you get this a boat paper and it's you're going to meet your boat and that's how you get um to in the country onto the boat onto the vessel um but it does i mean you got to carry a lot of documents which is not fun (laughs) and are you responsible for booking your travel to and from like when you have your time off or you're on rotation how does that work that is all boat dependent um my boat for example officer's help book the travel or a purser. So we have a, 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 a sole position of a purser that'll help book all the guest travel and crew travel. Um, and we use an agency to just keep a streamline. Cause you imagine you've got 24 crew members, some are on rotation, some need a flight. Now they're coming in. There's so many logistics when it comes to just crew travel. And then you add in the guests as well. And it's so much to keep track of. So using a, an agency is usually how a boat does it. Again, it's just dependent on size. I'm on a 72 meter boat, so 240 foot boat. So that's a, a bigger vessel with a lot of crew and a lot of movement because we have rotation. If you're on a smaller boat, you know, the captain might handle it. The chief stew might handle it. You know, a, a mate might handle it. It just, it, it, they, it, that, that depends widely on the size and just the overall, um, itinerary of the vessel. Interesting. So I think that we got a lot of questions answered and it's questions that we get all the time. And I get a lot of questions from like parents, like, oh, well, my daughter doesn't know what to do, or my son doesn't know what to do right after school. Like they don't know if they want to go to college, like what should we do? And this is the reality of it. You know, we're away from home a lot. Um, we work really long hours. Yes, you do get to go to different parts of the world and see amazing places. It can be, you know, the work can be grueling or dangerous at times, but you make some amazing friends from all over the world. And as long as you've got the kind of personality where you can be away from home for extended periods and you're okay with sharing a cabin and you're okay with hard work is what I would say. I would say in, in, on the um, show, it looks like we're always having fun and games and we're standing around a bit. That's not the case. On a real yacht, you know, you're, you're constantly going and it, it's hard, hard work. So as long as you're um, a tough cookie, then I'd say give it a go. <laughs> Anyways, guys, if you have any more questions, shoot them our way. We love doing episodes like this where we just kind of fill you in with the reality of things. Um, I'm on rotation now, so I get a little bit of a free life, which is why you'll see me with Amanda Moore. Um, But yeah, follow us, subscribe, send us your questions and keep up with Total Ship Show. A Huda Media Production.